This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we have another conversation with someone interesting from the internet. We're bringing to you this time Matthew Santoro. Now, I'm sure you've seen his videos, uh, at least a handful of them, list videos designed to satisfy inquisitive minds. Mm. Each week, just look for a new thumbnail of a bald bearded dude with a Cheshire cat smile and millions of views registering underneath it, and you will have found Matthew Santoro's uh, video that week. And now, usually these videos come in the form of a top 10 list. That is what he is very well known for now. Uh, with, quote, mind-blowing, end quote, facts and trivia, irresistibly clickable titles like, and I'm gonna use my irresistibly clickable voice, 10 most fascinating things ever found in space, 10 most haunted places on Earth. Go, go deeper. 10 incredible animals with real-life superpowers. 10 freakiest coincidences in history. And for this last one, can you go like monster truck announcer? Yeah. And 50 amazing facts to blow your mind. Number seven. <laughs> Number seven. I, sp- I spit a little bit. You wish you could have seen it. All right, here's a clip from one of Matt's more recent and popular videos. Over five and a half million views titled Tun. Can I, should you say this uh, one too? I mean, I could go to next level, monster truck guy. Okay, do it. Ten creepy urban legends that turn out to be true. Uh, if you didn't catch that, it was ten creepy urban legends that turned out to be true. Number six is creatures in your toilet. This one will puck at your butthole. This urban legend is about a man that gets out of bed half asleep in the middle of the night and walks to the washroom to do his business, only to get bit by a giant rat right in the bum. Now, even though Matt has been making videos since 2010, his success is really recent and it's kind of mind boggling how quickly he has ascended up the ranks. In a three month time span from May through July of this year, he doubled his subscriber base, skyrocketing from one million to two million subscribers just in those three months and he's still growing, right? As of this recording, he's got over two and a half million subscribers. So the dude is just, it's an interesting case study Yeah, in um, someone who can Refine something, and it's like it caught fire. It's it's interesting, right? So we're talking him, uh, talking to him in the midst of this incredible upswing that he has been experiencing this year. So let's kind of let's call this a case study, ear biscuit. I mean, we discuss lots of things: uh, his famous teeth, mm-hmm. uh, his previous life as a professional accountant, and we get into unpacking the secrets to this incredibly quick rise to fame on YouTube, and the the approach of navigating this competitive world of internet list videos. Here it is, our Ear Biscuit with Matthew Santoro. Now, I gotta admit, I was hoping that when we offered you coffee, you would say yes, and then you would request a straw. Ah, because we know that this is a thing. You you drink coffee yeah. through a straw. Ah, so you did your research. I like oh, that. We always do our research. <laughs> Who do you think we yeah. are, man? <laughs> yes, so, I do. Well, give us the backstory on uh, drinking coffee through a straw. I have my theories. 
<laughs> there's actually no real backstory. It's just uh, just general maintenance for the old chompers. That's all it is. So uh, you know, it gots to keep them white as white as possible. And uh, <laughs> drinking, I you know, anytime I have, uh, it makes it a little difficult when you're at a, a a dinner or a party trying to be classy and you're drinking red wine through a straw. Looks a little odd, but oh, so you you're always you. Totally never, commit to this. <laughs> oh, I totally commit. I've never been on a date and done that. But what I do is, like, anytime I'm going out, I choose white wine over red on purpose, regardless of the dish. Wow. Yeah. This is pretty I'm, extensive. I'm committed. I'm well, committed. No, I got to say that I do feel like your teeth are a big part of your brand. They are, and it's funny because uh, people are always like, "Why do you show so much teeth?" And it, it is. It's just the it's the smile thing. I know it sounds stupid, but no. But I don't think it's just a smile. I feel like if I was designing a human. <laughs> Uh, for like some sort of, and I was like, okay, I got to use this person's eyes. I got to use this person's elbows. First of all, I wouldn't use my elbows because they're very pointy unless this was like a fighter because I can elbow somebody in the face. But I would choose your teeth. Oh, wow. You know, they, they're they very large. I feel like you have- Very large? You could you could bite something. Like like they're they're very white. They're very straight. They're very prominent. I'm not in like a, we're not talking like a horse mouth situation. <laughs> we're just talking like- <laughs> Bionic, thin eyes, dude. Bionic yeah. man, like oh, well, I got to put Matt Santoro's teeth on this robot. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. This robot we're we're designing to overtake the human race. But Matt, what? Wait, wait, what respond? Hold on, let, let, let him respond to that. To make you feel a little better before you respond, okay. what's behind this for Rhett is he's jealous because if you if you look at him now or any videos, you can't see the guy's teeth. Yeah, like a lot of teeth. You try as hard as he may to show people his teeth, he can't do it. Mm, but there yeah. are people who are convinced he doesn't even have teeth. Right. True. And I'm one of those people. I got small mm. teeth, I got a small small mouth. I mean, yeah. But you're a giant man. I am, which yeah. makes it extra awkward. <laughs> so those things may have seemed like a cut on you, but basically mm. it's just revealing one of his deepest insecurities is that right. people think he's too. I complimented his freaking <laughs> teeth, man. Right, I got large robot teeth. teeth I know. Is a, large teeth is a good thing, and it's not a that's not a bad thing. It's not like I see a bunch of gums over there. It's not like a gummy <laughs> smile, one of those smiles. I mean, the man smiles, and all you see is big, bright, white teeth. This is a compliment. I would protect him too. Yeah, man. Just regular, regular. Man. People are always like, did you have braces? I have never had braces. Really? Yep, never. Uh, no work done? No, no work done. Fillings, I've had fillings, but that's about it. I mean, no, nothing nothing special done. It's just maintenance, my man. But, but you're... Very committed to the whiteness of your teeth. The whiteness, yes, I, very, very much so. Uh, I mean, all you got to do is just maintain them. So I use a lot of Listerine, anti-stain Listerine, uh, not a sponsor, uh, <laughs> but I use that. I use, uh, you know, whitening toothpaste, just, just regular maintenance. But That's what, all it is. What, what would happen? What would happen if the teeth faded to yellow? Oh, you'd lose. Well, I, I would just everyone would unsubscribe, and I'd be on the street. <laughs> I mean, that's that's all it is. I mean, they they're. I guess what I'm saying is they are quite in focus. Like for me, I don't worry about my teeth at all because, like Link said, you never see them. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think they're relatively white and relatively straight, but they're not that white and that straight. But they don't have to be. Yeah. But when you when you are the bionic man such as yourself, <laughs> right? They, bionic mouth. They 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 <laughs> got to be straight. They got to be white, and they are. Have yeah. you ever had like your bite strength tested? No, no. I uh, well, my father was a shark. <laughs> and uh, my mother was just a, a a bucket of white paint, so that's why you know I am who I am. That's weird. Yeah, it is weird. I don't even know how they got together. How but does it's a awkward. shark and paint? It, that's another I'd episode. Like that's just that. another episode. I can't even. Still trying to figure that out. <laughs> ah, okay. So 
Too bad we didn't get to see it in action, though. But there is water you can just drink. I will not stain your teeth. Yeah, this perfect. Is, I appreciate good that. American water. Yeah, but you got to watch it when drinking like a hot beverage through a straw, like coffee. Man, you could, you could, you're sending, you know, it's it's the Melting burn the express to the back of your oh, mouth yeah. there. Well, I thought one thing I think about is, uh, you know, I. I I use a new straw every day, of course, but drinking hot coffee. Hold on a second. Yeah, a new straw? Yeah, well, like a like a disposable straw every day because I have coffee okay. every morning. Well, you could get like a metal straw. Er? Yeah. That's a thing? Yeah, it's an eco straw. You get a wood, wooden straw too. I think you just changed my life. Yeah, I get That's a amazing. wooden straw, bamboo straw. Okay, well, I'm going to have to definitely look into that because I've been using plastic straws. And for a while now, I've been thinking over the course of a year, let's say hypothetically I drink 365 cups of coffee, mm-hmm. one straw per coffee. How much of the straw is getting melted while I'm drinking? And mm. how much plat? So have I consumed a couple straws over the course of a year? Now let me make and sure. And if so, what are the, what's the impact of that? Let me That's make a good sure question. I'm not making this up because I just said wooden straw because I figured it. I yep, think th- yep, it exists. Wow. You can buy them in a five pack. Handcrafted wood straw, five pack, $17. Etsy. Reusable? Well, yeah. if they're not, that'd they be do. very expensive. They got designs on them? Really? Holy mackerel. Yeah, you need wow. to. You know what? Hey, this is a sponsor. First, yeah, <laughs> when no, I get back to Canada, that's the first thing I'm buying. First, first we're going to send you a pack. That's our. That's our thank you for I'm making this biscuit. S- oh. You just made my day, man. Thank you so much. A pack of wood straws. All right, so let's let's get let's go a little deeper than the teeth. I mean, okay. we could stay here <laughs> for all night. Well, but I want to we find out what shouldn't. he thinks about L.A. I, have you have you been to L.A. before? Yes, I love L.A. I, I love California in general. It's just it's beautiful. It's always sunny. Uh, the people are beautiful. You know, you guys are here. What what more could you want? <laughs> um, but I mean, it's no Canada. It's that's right. I mean, there are positives and negatives. There's like, smog. Yeah. Oh, there's smog here. Mm. Yeah. We don't a get lot. a lot. We don't get a lot of that in Canada. Stain your teeth. Oof, yeah. <laughs> you got to breathe through that, that nose. That smog into a straw. <laughs> <laughs> From now on, that's what I'm gonna. Yeah, do. Yeah, that's right. Um, no, I mean, I love I love living in Canada. I live right near. I live in a town called St. Catharines, which is about 30 minutes away from Niagara Falls. Oh. And uh, Niagara Falls is the type of thing where you ever been over. Uh, no, I definitely have not. But there have been multiple people that have tried. Some survived. Some haven't. Oh yeah, we know about uh, that. It's quite illegal. But uh, yeah, you done a show on that yet? Uh, no, I've done a. I've, I don't know. I've done a top ten on pretty much everything now. Uh, but I'm trying to think, I've done one on that. Well, we've done that, but you can still do it. Actually, I just did one on uh, ten inventors killed by their own inventions, and one of them was a guy that invented uh, what he called the capsule. And he used this thing yeah. to go over the falls, and he survived. So, yeah. you, do you know about this guy? We, uh, he, he was he in the died list. years later. Well, through something related, right? Yeah. So, so the first time he did uh-huh. it, everything was fine. So these guys, I believe it was in Dallas, Texas, the Houston Astrodome, I think it was, and they created an artificial waterfall over so, something along those lines. And he went over in the capsule, except the Houston Astrodome was apparently much higher. And what happened was he, or something like that, and he fell when he impacted he hit the side of the pool anyways the capsule exploded he died and that was the end of that but he didn't hit in actually like on target so that's why he died so he was like doing a test he was doing doing a a ticket selling demonstration like he was a he was a celebrity it's like come see the dude who went over the falls go over the fake falls Mm. here right and he'll die you gotta stick to the real falls when you want to yeah exactly well you know that topic is a good example of something that it 
it takes thought and calculation to come up with a good subject for a good list video, and you, and you've 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 got it down to you've honed it to an art, you mm. know. But my question is, there's such a wide range of topics. I'm like serial killers from to sports mm-hmm. to science to science fiction. How do you decide what to do an episode on? Um, Inventors okay. who've you know, who were killed by their own inventions. You know, where, where, where do these things come from? Well, I actually have two sources. One is real life. So I'll just be living my life. I don't know, walk into a store and something will click and I'll just say, oh, that's a good idea. I'll put it down on my phone. The other one, which is usually my biggest source, is sometimes it, it's all the internet, obviously. So I'll either Google just a random topic or I will use one of the, I have a, I have a folder in Chrome where I have, and this is, I've never told anyone this, so this oh, is an exclusive yeah. for you mm. guys. Um, but I have a folder in Chrome where I have about 10 or more list websites. And you guys know, there's tons of these list, list websites. And what I'll do is I'll search randomly through their lists and then I'll find one. So for example, I'll find, uh, you know, six, the six creepiest foods or grossest foods on earth. And then that'll be like, okay, that's a great topic. So what I'll do is I'll use that idea and Google it and use, you know, I'll cherry pick from the 10 websites that pop up and cherry pick the best ones and then do further research on those. So I never just use one website because you'd be surprised at how much false information there is, especially when you're doing like my uh, series 50 Amazing Facts. Mm -hmm. A lot of these fact, quote unquote, websites that are out there, um, you know, especially the ones that people share on Facebook and things like that, a lot of them I'd say 50% of them are false of of the ones that you read online. Once you actually look into it, they're either completely false or just unfounded. Like, and they've been replicated on multiple websites sometimes. Yeah. It's the type. Yeah. yeah, It's it's the type of thing where, you know, a false fact almost becomes truth because everybody starts saying it. Like even when you, you know, one of these websites will misquote somebody or something and you know, then BuzzFeed will pick it up and then uh, Cracked will pick it up and yeah. they just all pick it up. And so, it, but it's, but it's false. So uh, in, in the first couple 50 amazing facts that I made, uh, I actually accidentally used a couple of those. Mm. And ever since then, people called me out on it and I thought, oh, okay. Oh, they'll call you out. Oh, they definitely, well, I mean, especially with a big audience, they, people, yeah. there's always one. <laughs> um, and that's it. So ever since then, I've been really, really diligent about researching these things. And, you know, if I can't find absolute guaranteed something that I'm certain about, I just leave the fact out now. Well, interesting. Uh we can say, you know, with Good Mythical Morning, we basically apply the same system mm-hmm. in terms of when we do a list episode, right? Uh, which I want to get into that. I want to get into this, the dynamics of that and how we and you feel about that that approach. But as you say that, I mean, that, that's definitely our approach. Our approach is let's not just go to one website because a we don't want to just do the same list that somebody exactly. else did because yeah. then it's just we're just biting off of them. So, right. but if there's if there's a list on the internet, it's been done ten times, of course. And so yeah, find everything's your, a remix, right? Find your favorites and yeah. then co- and offer commentary. Yeah, um, yeah. But we'll, we'll get into the mechanics of that that mm-hmm. later. But we want to we want to find out about the the mat that became the Matt Santoro of today. Mm. So let's let's go back. I'm assuming the origins are in Canada. Yes. Yes. Uh, do you want me to just begin? Yeah. <laughs> begin. Where, begin. Where did, where did you come from? Well, my mother, no, uh, well, my mother, but um, essentially I grew up in a small town. Again, this is something I haven't told anyone before. So, uh, but I grew up in a small town called Welland, Ontario, Canada, obviously. And uh, I, I lived there for most of my life. Uh, and then I moved to St. Catharines, 
uh, with my now ex girlfriend, um, and uh, now I live on my own. But when I was when I moved to St. Catharines, I was studying accounting, and uh, I went but into. But what about even before then? So you moved to okay. You did you move you you moved to St. Catharines to study accounting? Well, in no, college? I, 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 no. Okay, I, I went to Brock University in St. Catharines, and I was actually living with my uh, mom for many years, and I lived there while I was studying accounting, um, and I graduated that. That, then moved to St. Catharines. That was the timeline, um, and I got my Master of Accountancy degree, and that took five and a half years. Well, let, let's let's figure out what is it. What contributes to someone wanting to be an accountant? Um, my my dad uh, has been in business his whole life, and now he actually teaches business, uh, which is a lot more less stressful, apparently. Um, but yeah, my dad was always in business. So I decided, you know what you can, you know, basically I wanted to do something in business. And I remember my accounting teacher in high school saying to me, well, Matt, you know, I know you don't know what you want to do, but if you want to make money, go into accounting because you're guaranteed to make a lot of money. I thought, okay, well, I'm in high school. I don't know anything. So that sounds good. Mm. You hear a lot of money. My dad does it. Yeah. Well, plus my dad's in business. So it just kind of, kind of fits. So I went into that. Um, what does your mom do? Because you could have done that. Uh, uh, my mom, uh, geez, I don't even. <laughs> my mom works at uh, like an employment thing. So when people for for immigrants, so when immigrants come in, sh- she helps them get jobs and just helps everybody get jobs type thing. She mm-hmm. works for the government basically. Okay. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, and I'll just tell the story. And if you want any more details, just jump in. Let me know. But yeah. So I got my master of accountancy degree, and when I graduated, I worked in accounting for about two years. Now, immediately upon graduating, I or just before actually, I had really discovered uh, all these people that were making videos on YouTube. Ray William Johnson was the first person I discovered. This was 2010, um, or actually late 2009. I discovered him, and then I discovered uh, Dan Brown, Pogo Bat, Philip DeFranco, Wheezy Waiter, uh, Tessa, Mika Kitty. Um, Julian Smith, just all these people that were pretty talented. Now you are, you had graduated. You had an accounting degree. Uh, I gra- at this point. At this point, at the end of two thousand nine, I had graduated with my undergrad, and okay. then between two thousand nine and two thousand ten, I was working on my master's degree. It was only one more year, and th- so you started working on your master's yeah. and started watching YouTube videos. Well, yeah, you can do both at the same time. Can you? <laughs> yeah, sure, you can. <laughs> um, and when I started watching these people, uh, you know, it was so entertaining, and I realized, my God, these people are famous. Like they're basically internet famous and especially with Ray, he was doing it out of what looked like his apartment. And I was just fascinated that this is a whole new world that we live in, that these people can start this type of stuff with just a web, what looked like just a webcam. And I was just fascinated by it. So I thought to myself, after about six months of watching these people, I thought I could probably do that. Now that takes a certain kind of person though, right? It it does. Yeah. Because the, the average person, I I think that's changing. Um, You know, I, I know that. Uh, I think kids, especially who are watching YouTubers now, it's kind of built in that, oh, this can be a career because I know there's people who do this as a career. Right. But it takes a certain kind of person as an adult with a degree to be watching YouTube content and then make the connection to, oh, I could be doing this. So, I mean, were you, 
just a, were you a guy that liked to perform for, for people? No. Like uh, any kind of background? Well, it's kind of weird that I went into accounting because my whole life I've been uh, kind of a goofy guy. I always enjoyed making people laugh. I've always enjoyed uh, facts and things like that. But I never, like when I started YouTube, um, I never thought, you know, oh, this is going to be a career. I just thought I'm just going to do this and this will always be something that will be my creative outlet. Because when you're an accountant, like, I mean, you you're crunching. something. Yeah, you need something or else you're going to, you know, lose it. So, um that's just what I did. I, I started doing that, uh, working basically nine to five, Monday to Friday, uh, doing videos on Saturdays, writing the video through the week at night. Uh, so it was kind of a hustle. And what it, was your living situation at the time? Because you said you moved to yeah. St. Catharines. Yeah, so I moved uh, uh, to St. Catharines with my girlfriend. Upon moving in with her, uh, ex-girlfriend, upon moving in with her, I... You moved in with your ex-girlfriend? No, well, girlfriend at the time. Okay, got it. <laughs> uh, that would have been weird. Um, <laughs> no, but I moved in with her, and then uh, I just, I just was like, okay, now I'm going to start making videos. I'm in a new place, fresh start. Let's just start making videos. So I went out. I got a crappy uh, handy cam, Sony handy cam. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was 1080p. That's all I cared about. Uh, I didn't know anything about video editing. I didn't know anything about, um, uh, you know, white balancing. So my video, my first set of videos were very orange looking. Uh, no lighting, no mic or anything. Um, but I just jumped into it and everything I learned, I was completely self-taught off YouTube and I just had a really big imagination. So I, what I would do is come up with what I wanted to do in the video and then figure it out after. I never thought like, oh no, could I do that? I never thought of that. I just shot what I th- wanted to do and then figured out how to do it through U- uh, YouTube tutorials. Um, never taken a class on video editing, nothing like that. Never learned how to shoot you know, uh, professionally or anything like that. Just learned everything myself so and creative you, you I mean looking back at your earliest videos very different than what you're doing now yes um, I can see you know when you list your influences you can you can definitely see that at the beginning you were kind of emulating you got a little bit of Ray you got a little mm-hmm. bit of Phil talking about maybe a current event here or there maybe you got a wheezy waiter clone, clone yeah, coming you got, in you guys so, are good I like this <laughs> so, so it's, it's you know you definitely see Hey, they're doing this. I'm just going to throw it all against the wall and then see what sticks. Yeah. Right? That's kind of. Basically, yeah. And I mean, if you look at my earliest videos, I've always done lists. Uh, I've always done that. Uh, they just weren't top tens. Uh, I've done, uh, you know, everything from, you know, 10 ways, uh, 10 ways to lose your man card, which is just a ridiculous video, but uh, it was one of my first videos. Um, and that was inspired by something I heard on the radio. So a, a, D, a disc jockey w- uh, was talking about a man card and I thought it was a hilarious topic. So I just came up with 10 things, how to be a manly man, which is ironic because I am the farthest thing from everything on that list. Like I'm not like a manly man at all. So you a, you you're not a card carrier. Actually, I am because the guys that own like I it's like mancard.com or officialmancard.com. They found the video and contacted me and said, we love this. We what's your address? We want to send you an official man card. So I got. Yeah. So I got. What does that look like? It's just a black man card with my name. And it says uh, uh, member since. And then it has my date of birth and then till death. <laughs> yeah, that's what it says on it. And it so, came, so came with got, a certificate and everything. Hmm. So you got a man card huh. by knowing somebody. That's... I Well, we all have... The, hey, as long as you got it, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. we all have our man card until we lose it. That's the way the man card works. Oh, okay. But I don't oh, really okay. believe that stuff. Oh, okay. I just That's just the technical how it works. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so and that's about it. So uh, I started doing skits. Uh, no, no. You let's uh, before we get into you know that's this transition from those early videos to to what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, describe 
St. Catharines? Because that's is that where you're at now? That's where I'm at now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, about 150,000 people. Not a very big town. Um, not too small, though. Not not too small. I mean, Welland, where I grew up, which is 15 minutes away from that, is only 50,000. So okay. I moving on up. Um, but if you look at like Buffalo, New York. Uh, Niagara Falls is about 30 minutes above that. St. Catharines is about 30 minutes above that. Toronto is about an hour and a half above that, just to put it into perspective. Uh, so that's, that's where I live. Okay. And it's, and, and if you're doing accounting, mm -hmm. which, uh, which you're at a desk, mm -hmm. right? This is, this is, there's not a lot of movement going on. Nope. If you're entering in your lifestyle situation into like one of those fitness apps, you put sedentary. Basically. If you're an accountant. Yep. So it, it's one thing to be like, okay, well, on the weekends, I'm going to, uh, what, do you, what what kind of things could you hunt moose? I, I know that's, that, <laughs> that's a little insulting. I'm sorry. Yeah, you um, know, uh, but there, there's beavers. <laughs> there, there's, there's different things that you could do, but you were like, I'm going to do this other thing, which it's, it's a little, you know, it's, it's less sedentary than accounting, yeah. uh, but it wasn't like, okay, I'm going to go and do this other thing to bring myself some uh, satisfaction. What, 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 do you, what was the initial allure of that where you're like that just seems more fun like those people seem like they're having more fun or those people seem like they are reaching more people um i, I don't know it's just it's it's hard to explain i mean I, like i just jumped into it because it looked like something that i i don't know i can't really explain it to you to be completely honest it was just something that I've always enjoyed entertaining people. I was always a goofball in high school and grade school. So I thought to myself, this is a way to continue doing that just to the people that watch me on YouTube. So instead of high school or grade school, you know, now that I'm an adult, well, this is my only other way to do it. So right. that's just, it was just my creative outlet. It's really all it was. And so, yeah, it just continued from there. And it was something that just happened as an outlet, you know, on the weekend, I, I, I imagine you sitting at your accounting desk. I mean, we had engineering jobs. <laughs> Rep more than me would sit at his engineering cubicle and obsess about all the things that he wanted to be interested in besides what he was oh, getting yes. paid to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so I imagine you thinking about, all right, this is what's going into my video this Saturday. Oh yeah, oh totally. It, it was really the only way to keep me sane. The only, that's the only thing that kept me sane and the only thing that kept me awake was a lot of energy drinks and coffee. Just a terribly unhealthy, unhealthy job and you're sitting there all day. Oh man, I'm so glad I'm doing what I'm doing now. It's so well, much better. So as you um, split your time between accounting and YouTube, there there was no room for that girlfriend? She had to hit the road? No, not, not, no, 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 nothing like that. Uh, her name's Marcy. She was the most, so is not is one of the best people I've ever known. Uh, it just, it just didn't work out. Uh, we, we, after a while, we've been together for, we were together for five years. It just kind of, uh, after a while seemed like we were just really, really good friends. You know, it just kind of happens. There was no juicy story. Nothing ever, nothing happened. No one did anything. We're still really good friends. She's still very supportive. We have co coffee once in a while. So everything's good Does on that. Does she drink through a straw? She doesn't drink through a straw. Because I picture that's, the two that's of the you, secret. That's two why of you, ended. one cup of coffee, two straws. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> While you were dating. Yeah, no, uh, something like that, but no. Um, no, it was a couple months ago. And, uh, Whoa, okay. Uh, this oh, is fresh. This is, okay. June, Welcome to Ear years. Biscuits. Yeah, so June, so July, August, yeah, about two, two and a half, two months ago, two and a half months ago. And Oh, wow, this is a five-year relationship. And yeah. Two months ago. Yeah. Uh, you move out, she move out. I moved out, because I moved in with her originally. It was still her apartment, so I moved out. And, uh, but it was, you know, it was really tough, but it was, it was something that 
I knew was the best thing for the both of us, you know? Hmm. And it was super tough because she was one of the most supportive people. And like I said, one of the best people still is one of the best people I've ever known in my life. But it's just, sometimes you just don't click and have chemistry and it just didn't work. So I, it was just time to move on. Hmm. So to go back from those first videos, start to walk us through the transition from emulating, uh, the YouTubers that you watched to move, you said you were doing some list-based things pretty mm-hmm. early on. We can see that, but I, you know, in looking back through the channel, I think there's certain milestones that I can, you can kind, I can kind of trace a, an evolution to arrive at what you, what you have today. In in your mind, how did that happen? And you know, leading up to a point where you could do this full time, I'm I'm curious how recent that's been. Um, I. It's kind of it's tough. I okay. So right up until the end of, I'm trying to think of the timeline now. So it, 2014, 2013. So right up until the end of 2013, I was about October ish. I still only had about fifteen thousand subscribers, and uh, still working full time. Uh no. <laughs> so that's part of the story too. I was actually laid off. That's what. Uh, so I'll do a little backstory. So what actually happened was I was working in accounting for two years and I was working for a small firm. What happens, the risk of working at a small firm is they're much more, um, if the economy goes bad or anything happens, they're much more you know, likely for to do layoffs type thing. Yeah. And that was the moment where a light bulb went off because I remember the day I got laid off, I came home and I wasn't upset and I actually... I remember looking at Marcy and smiling and saying, I got laid off. And it was, a, it was like, it was like this seed of doubt, this voice that was in the back of my head for these two years, you know, really came to the forefront and said, Hey, I've been telling you this whole time. You weren't happy. You know, let's make a change. And it was that moment where I realized, you know, we live in a world now where the, the quote unquote safe route is not that safe. We were always told to go to university, get a good job, work the nine to five, do that for 40 years, and then you die, raise a family, and that well, raise a family first, not from, as a corpse. Gen- generally doesn't work out. <laughs> Some people are into that. Yeah. So, you know, raise a family and then you die. But that doesn't, that's not the world anymore. And people are waking up to that fact. And I'm just glad that I woke up to that at a relatively young age because I'm 29 right now. I, I woke up to that at the age of 27. And I think it took me as long as it did because or I didn't realize it longer because, you know, you spend five and a half years in school, you know, you can't, it's, it's hard to say, geez, well, I changed my mind. You know, it's really, I think this is, you know, what I really want to do. And it, it takes, not many people do that because if, especially when you already have a job, I mean, who's going to leave a nine to five job where you have pay Mm -hmm. to, to follow, you know, a wild goose chase. I mean, making it on YouTube is like winning the lottery. It really is. It's very, very difficult. And uh, I was blessed enough that that happened to me. But you were at that point one year ago now, basically. It's almost October. Yeah. So one year ago, you laid off and you got that smile on your face because you knew I can go all in with YouTube? I I was laid off a year before that, actually. Two years. Yeah. So, uh, well, what happened was October-ish was the almost one-year anniversary of getting laid off. Mm, Okay. So- that whole time I was broke. I had no money. Uh, you know, I'm, that's one of the reasons I'm so thankful to Marcy because she 
really helped out during that time. Um, and, you know, I was getting some unemployment and stuff, so that kind of helped, but really I was hurting bad. Uh, luckily, I had a bit of a savings or I would have been in really bad shape. But uh, so, you know, on the year anniversary, when my unemployment insurance ran out, I had literally no money. Uh, I just, uh, but that whole time I never stopped doing YouTube mm. because I thought to myself and, and I started doing other things. I started shooting some weddings to make ends meet. I started doing, uh, we've all been there. Yeah. You do what you have to do. You use the skills you've, you've done. I've gotten over the last three years on YouTube to start going in different directions. And I thought, started thinking to myself, okay, maybe now but I you should... didn't enjoy wedding video, right? I didn't did mind it. I mean, oh, okay. it was, you're one of the lucky ones. It wasn't. I mean, you know, it's a. If have you guys done that? It's a long day. It's a really. We, we did. We, it's, we did. It's a very we long. We did one. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like more though. Yeah. It felt like more weddings than. Well, one. I only shot one full day wedding, so that's probably similar to you guys. But I did a lot of like just the ceremony. You know, a few hundred, five hundred bucks. Like just, you know, it's hard to live off of that. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, but I never gave up hope. I just kept doing YouTube, and I thought to myself. If I just throw my tentacles out there and touch on a little bit of everything, maybe something will take off. And it just so happened that uh, in October, I think it was October. uh, Anyways, I took a two-week trip across America. Do you guys remember the Ford Fiesta movement? Yeah. Yeah. Where they gave away a bunch of cars to a bunch of YouTubers. Well, my friend Scott in Buffalo uh, took myself and my friend Rob Dyke across America to visit our friend uh, Dylan, whose channel's Household Hacker in Portland, Oregon. Right. Yeah. So we went down to Buffalo, picked up Rob in Massachusetts, came all the way back to Buffalo, went all the way to Portland, and came all the way back to Buffalo. And then I went home, and then he dropped uh, Rob off in Massachusetts because I didn't, I couldn't handle being in a car for another <laughs> even eight hours after two weeks. But that trip really did a lot for me because I did a lot of networking in Portland. Uh, you know, I signed to the collective, uh, which is Dylan started, um, a sub network called tube unity. He convinced me to sign with them. And that's really when everything took off. I started meeting people, uh, just networking more. And then all of the sudden something happened where it just kind of happens. I don't know if that happened to you guys. I know you guys have gone viral several times. I mean, your videos are speak for themselves, but for me, I've never gone viral. So my growth was very sudden because right up until December, I had about 30,000 subscribers Mm -hmm. and it took about six months to reach, well, eight months now to reach 2.5 million. So it, it all happened very quickly. And there was about a three-month period there where I was getting 25,000 subscribers a day, hmm. uh, which, and I was right behind PewDiePie in terms of growth. There yeah. were some days where I even beat him. Absolutely nuts. It well, is nuts. What was the first time that you recognized that that was happening? Because you're saying it wasn't one viral video. It was no. a it was a surge in the channel. Mm-hmm. Now, how long did a decision to only do list videos precede that? wave of subscribers uh so what happened was i didn't truth be told i didn't want to be known as the list guy i always considered myself very creative i didn't want to give up my um you know skit roots the whole skit thing that i was doing so i would do a skit one week and then i would do a top 10 list the other week why i started doing top 10 lists i don't know i i've just always liked the i've experimented a lot i've tried Top 20, I've tried uh, top 40, top 50, five, seven. I've tried all kinds of numbers. And just through experimentation, I realized that people really like top 10s. There's just something about that round number people like. Because you would see in the performance of those videos that they would, you know, you'd get, it 
It was all in the start, analytics. It would start breaking a million views at some point. Well, I wasn't getting that at first. Okay. Um, it's funny. Before all this happened, I was happy to get 2,000 views a week. I thought that was a lot. Because mm-hmm. it is kind of, I mean, it's all relative, right? Like, if you think about that, that's 2,000 people that watched your video. So now that I get a million in, like, five days, it's just, it still blows my mind. Because in many ways, I'm still that same guy in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I would do a skit one week. And then the next week, I would do a top 10. And then I would do a skit in the top 10 and back and forth. And, and at I the would, end of the video, you would say, you know, you would call people to subscribe to push that big red button. And you'd say, uh, subscribe to see my other comedy videos. And I remember seeing that and I was like, well, are they list videos? Or are they exactly. comedy videos? So there was this yeah. trying to figure out. And I think that, that that was my assumption was there's an identity crisis going on here. Yeah. The fans want those lists, yeah. but he wants to be a comedian. It, it was it was an evolution, it was a transition. Uh, it, that was where it was happening, where you know I started looking at the analytics and thinking, oh my God, I'm getting 50,000 views on the skits, but my lists are getting 200,000. Yeah. So what would happen, and I would notice that there was a huge jump in subscribers when I do the top 10s, just boom, happens. So I was thinking to myself, what would happen if I exclusively did top 10s? And the rest is history. That's really that's really what it, that's really what happened. But it yeah. wasn't an easy decision. It, it was not. Um, if you look at my outro screen, I stopped using the word comedy, and I stopped like if you it, up until a certain point, it would say uh, subscribe new comedy videos every Saturday. Right. And I left that in there for a while, even after I started doing exclusively top tens. But after a while, I started realizing, and I start and I even started taking them out of the category of comedy because up until then they had all been considered comedy. And I, the reason I left it as that is because I always was doing a little, like you guys have probably, you know, you've seen it. I do a little bit of comedy in between the facts, try to keep it light, kind of like a, Bill Nye was a big inspiration for me that way. It was interesting, like infotainment type stuff. Yeah. So I was, I would, uh, that's kind of what happened. I realized, you know what? This is more education at this point. The comedy is secondary. So I took the word comedy out of my end card where I call people to action to subscribe. And, uh, and I started moving it to the classifying them as education in the mm-hmm. education category. And um, that actually, I think, hurt my uh, subscribership, actually, because as soon as I did that, I started going from 25,000 a day down to I'm about at six. I average six to eight thousand a day now, which is still nothing to sneeze at. But that's a big drop. And I think that uh, I think it part of it was because of the switch from comedy to entertainment or uh, to uh, sorry, ed- education, because I think a lot of people look at look for more comedy videos than they do education videos. But education's pretty big on YouTube now, so it's I'm still getting a decent amount of well, you know, this is so fascinating. I mean, we're we're so fascinated with this, obviously, because we have an interest in, in understanding this platform. But I think it's so cool to talk to you right now, uh, because you are in the middle of this, right? I mean, you you've you've gained a million and a half subscri- subscribers since May. Hmm. Yep, it's cr- cr- crazy, <laughs> right? No, and no viral video. That's why I'm proud of that because it's like I still. Have well, not I think had a lot of people would would consider multiple million views viral, but yeah, yeah. It, not, not yeah. Vi- viral in the terms not the of way t- you guys tens of millions or whatever. Yeah, but it's just so fascinating because you started with a certain thing, and uh, you know, w- w- one of my favorite videos of yours is is your million subscriber thank you video where you show your first video oh, really? that oh. uh, you, you put up because I think it helps to kind of encapsulate 
the process so mm-hmm. much. You've got this video that you uh, you say this is going to be embarrassing for me to to show. You know, you, and you said that you were you were definitely preparing the audience for how embarrassed yeah. you were going to be by showing this video. <laughs> and then it's a totally different style. Like we said, it was very easy to see the different. Uh, uh, things that you have pulled from to put this video together the the different people that you've been influenced by mm-hmm. and now to see how so much has you've honed in on this very specific style that is working and so there's this dynamic of like well I kind of wanted to do this mm-hmm. but the audience has dictated that I'm doing this and it's addictive is it not? It's very addictive. Uh, it's very true, especially especially when you've it's something you've wanted for three and a half years. Yeah, and for it to finally happen, I mean, for, for anyone out there that hasn't experienced anything like this, it is it's almost like a drug. Like you get like a high off of it. Like you start seeing all these people, like ten thousand subscribers a day. It's like, oh my God, like you get excited. It's like, mm-hmm. that's a lot of people. Like I'm growing so quickly and you get hooked on it. So you want to do more top tens and more of what you're doing to keep those people coming. And it just keeps growing and growing and it gets, it's, it's, it's like a drug addiction. I don't want to say that, <laughs> but it is. It's like, it's like, a, I don't want to call it fame. I don't like using that word, but it's like the notoriety, the attention. It's, it's addictive. It really is. Well, and I think, I mean, for the way I relate to it, I mean, obviously, it's cool to be recognized for doing something, uh, but when you just think about, you think about the longevity. You know, you want to be in this business for a long time, and uh, you, you, the success, not just to be able to say that I'm successful, but to be able to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so you, you gravitate towards the things that you're like. Well, I mean, I kind of like those sketches, but boy, they don't want, they don't want that from me. Yeah. So why am I going to give them something they don't want when mm-hmm. I can just? I can kind of systematically give them exactly what they're asking for. Yeah, exactly. And and I mean, it's sort of a it's a, it's a trade off because when you when I used to do sketches, and I mean, I still enjoy that because you're not boxed into a top ten format. I can do anything I want. I can move the camera. I can shoot clones. I can do all that stuff. Uh, but you know, when you upload a video like that, and I remember getting you know say two thousand views on it, but then I do a top ten, I get far more. It really. I don't know. The the top tens outweigh the loss of not being able to have that creativity because you're getting so much more attention. It's just it satisfies you in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I can't be as creative. But, I mean, you guys have probably seen some of my more recent videos. I try to still use that creativity. Like, I'll appear right at the beginning, like, out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, I don't know, like, I'll crash land through the roof like I did in my most recent video. So, I, elements of that are still there. It's not dead. It's just I'm I'm picking and choosing my how to use my creativity now. Mm-hmm. Is there a fear that either you're still going to get tired of it? I mean, that for certain people doing anything, any one thing for too long can feel like an, a, being an accountant at a desk. Mm-hmm. Or is there a fear that the audience is going to change their mind? You do anything, any one thing too long, they lose interest. Um, there isn't a fear. It's, how do I explain it? It's more of, uh, you know, I, I think that people universally just like facts. They like to learn things and they like to do it in a fun way. Um, do I think that, you know, this could all go away someday? Sure I do. I think YouTube could all go away someday, not just 
the, the, the popularity of lists. So um, I don't ever think about the future. I really don't. It's, that's something that I've learned in the last year is live in the present. Because there's so much happening in my life like right now. I mean, this I'm here for L.A. for a week. It would be a terrible thing to think at any point during this week, oh, geez, I wonder you know, if I'm going to lose views next week or subscribers. It's like, man, live in the moment. I'm here now. I'm, I'm you know, on ear biscuits. Like, this is a cool opportunity. I, I get to see you guys again. Like, it, live for the now, man. Like, that's the thing that I, I tell people all the time. It's don't worry. Don't live in the past. What's in the past in the past. Don't think about the future because all we have is right now. And, you know, that's something that I truly and take risks. That's the most important thing. Um, Is that a is that a discipline you've acquired or do you think that is a personality makeup that you have that it's a gift that comes along with? Oh, no, that's something I've learned. Okay, Uh, I mean, I believe it or not, up until recently, I was an extremely conservative person. Um, I uh, taking a trip to L.A. by myself, forget about it a year ago, even six months ago. But the. Every single time I realized that every single time I've ever stepped out of my comfort zone, something amazing has happened from it every single time. And to anyone listening, uh, honestly, that would be my one thing I want you to take away from any of this advice I'm giving is step out of your comfort zone and truly do something that scares you. Do something that sounds amazing, but you know is absolutely terrifying for you. And you will one of two things will happen. If it's if it's YouTube, some incredible opportunity could come out of it or if nothing else, you'll just grow as a person. And that's really important to grow as a person. You don't want to stay stagnant and do the same things over and over because that's that's a boring life, man. Do something exciting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's, I don't know, that's my PSA. <laughs> well, I, I want to talk uh, about the specifics of, uh, you know, how the content has um, arrived at what it is right now. Um you know, there's there's a couple of things. I mean, it, it's not as simple as okay. Well, I was doing some sketches, and and now I'm just doing the, the the list videos. But the tone, how I would describe the guy who is delivering the information, uh, in your most recent video versus your first video, right? So in the first video, it was like, okay, I'm a funny guy, I'm a comedian, and I'm going to do and say some things that are funny, and this is all for your entertainment. This is all to make you laugh. Uh, now it's very much, this is very much about you actually getting what I'm saying, almost to the point that uh, your your tone, your enunciation, you are, mm-hmm. you are speaking to the audience as if it is very important that they understand, almost as if you're taking into account that there are people out there who are ESL, you know, yeah. English is a second language. Yeah. Um, you are clarifying things very, uh, almost to the point where you're like, okay, if I'm if I'm a, an, a, an American guy your age, I would be like, I almost feel like you're you're speaking, you're not speaking to me. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I I've actually gotten many messages from people that are ESL that have said, uh, you know, my second language is English, but I'm I'm I speak Spanish or I speak French, and that your videos are teaching me how to speak English. Believe it or not, they'll say things like, oh, "I totally believe that your pronunciation is excellent." And for the record, I don't actually. Uh, speak that properly all the time but uh doing these videos has really taught me to speak properly because we all kind of use slang and say like hey what's up or something like that right like i just said something like that like i don't that's how i speak like everyone speaks with but slang. how did you come to that decision how, how did you get did you by pick watching up the on? videos back so i'd watch the videos back and be like oh what did i say there hmm. you know what i mean like and as a viewer 
I don't think they're going to understand if I said this word or this word. So I started really being careful and it happens all the time. And I like, you know, people don't realize how long it takes to make these videos, not just because of the research, but I do often, you know, 20 takes on one sentence because I can't get that T out properly. And it's, and it matters. Um, I can't think of any specific example, but just that type of stuff. And it's frustrating, but you know, I find myself, it's, it's now carrying over to real life where, I'll be talking in a conversation and I will purposely catch myself before I even say the word and pronunciate it really correctly. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, it's it's funny how to go back to what you were saying about my original videos to now. It's you sort of and tell me if you guys agree with this. You sort of find your on camera persona, your presence. You know, when you first start, you're kind of you don't know what you look like. Like now when I make a face, I know exactly what it looks like to the other person while I'm making it because I've done it. I've I've seen my face a hundred million different ways, right? (laughs) Um, Especially the teeth, right? I'm just like, hey, what's happening? (laughs) Uh, I know exactly what that looks like. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you know, uh, I I would say we're very much ourselves on Good Mythical Morning, but anyone who listens to Ear Biscuits will, will know that the the tone of of what you're going to get on an ear biscuit and what you're going to get on Good Mythical Morning are they're they're distinct, you know. Right. And uh, right, there's a different energy. There's a different yeah, same uh, person, but you know, it's a different package. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely relate to that. And you get that. I mean, I we've lost the majority of our Southern accent because of watching ourselves back for years right. on, upon years mm-hmm. on video. And it's not necessarily, I don't think it's, a sh- it's not being ashamed of the Southern accent, but it's a, hmm, I don't know how that's coming across to exactly. the masses, right? So mm-hmm. if I wanna speak to everyone, I, I, it's a, definitely relate to that. Mm-hmm. And they say that, you know, do you guys hear an accent the way I speak? Because I'm Canadian? <laughs> Yeah, I hear that. Do you? I mean, yeah. I, I, on on, on a, a number of words, but yeah, not you know. P- explain like what? I, I'm curious to hear this because I hear Americans say that all the time. A B O U T. Oh God, that's the. <laughs> it's mostly about, uh, about, about yeah yeah. See, and I, see, you're, try, you're I'm trying. You're trying. I'm trying, but if I say it quickly, like about. It's it's a rounded out like it's it's yeah. not it's not a boot like people exaggerate. Yeah, you say yeah. a boot. It's not a boot. It's about. It's like it's uh, <laughs> O U. It's like rounded. It's strange. I don't know why we do that. But I would say that I mean my advice to all three of us would be let's just kind of keep it where it is right now. It's like it's it's been, you know, it's it's the edges have been taken off of it, but we don't want to go any further. You you should I you should still I should be able to tell that you're Canadian by hearing you talk. I think that that's an asset. Yeah, I think I think it is. I mean, some people I mean, <laughs> look at a British YouTuber, any one of them really. They're super popular. Why? Well, because, you know, Charlie McDonald, for example, he makes great content, but people love that accent. Yeah, it's it's, it's a it's a a rare import type thing, you know what I'm saying? Like they 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 watch it and it's like, oh, that I like that it's accent. Novel. Yeah, it's novel. It's, it's now, cool. Now uh, another thing that you've done is you uh, you're clean. You know your yeah. your initial content had never some, used to be had yeah. some off color stuff. Yeah. Uh, tell us about that evolution. Um, I I so I never really swore heavily. There's one video that I say everything and a lot of it, uh, and that was just an experimental video to see how it would work. And I got a lot of feedback from that video saying like, especially from like uh, my family and stuff, they'd uh, they'd say things like, "Oh, geez, like we didn't really like that," and I was kind of embarrassed by it. So uh, I didn't do that ever again. Um, 
But yeah, my original videos, I would only say the S word. I'd never said the F word. If I did, I bleeped it. And it was intentional. I would write it into the script for comedy. Yeah. But, but now, because I don't really speak like that, but in, in now, uh, I purposely leave that out because I know I have a very young audience. So, I mean, I have an audience of all different ages, but really... Uh, probably from like 8 to 16, 8 to 20. So it's still fairly young. Uh, I get a lot of letters on my second channel uh, where I do my Mail with Matt series, a lot of 8-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds. So um, not just the fact that I know they're watching, but I also get a lot of messages from parents. I get a lot of parents messaging me on my Facebook page saying, hey, I just wanted to say thank you for your clean content. I love my son watching your videos because he learns things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and that's cool. Like, you yeah. know, like I, I wake up pretty much every morning. I have my coffee through a straw <laughs> and I, I sit there and I and I have my cereal or whatever I'm eating and I answer my Facebook messages. That's kind of a tradition that I have every day in my tweets and stuff. Um and a lot of them are from parents, uh, a lot. So that's kind of the, I kind of think to myself, like, I have almost an obligation at this point. You know, like 2.5 million people, that's a lot of people. And it's the same thing with you guys. What are you at, 3.5, 3 point something yeah, on a good mythical morning? Yeah. That's a lot of people. Like, think about that. That's that's almost double the size of, like, Toronto, right? So, um you got to figure, you know, you have probably a lot of people that wake up that expect a certain quality of content, a certain amount of cleanliness. And if you go out there and start dropping F-bombs, it's, it's an off-brand thing. You know, it's, it's yeah. a branding thing really is what it mm -hmm. is. So that's, I just try to keep it clean. Yeah. Do you um, see YouTube as a game? Uh, Rhett and I refer to playing the YouTube game uh, as our way of characterizing the techniques to build a channel. Uh, do you see it as a game? No, I don't. You know what? I don't not, see it. Not, not in a trivialization kind of a way. No, but, I know what you're saying. But in like a strategic, yeah. everything is a decision. What's the thumbnail? What Am I in yeah. the thumbnail? Am I in every thumbnail? What's the title? Mm -hmm. Is the number 10? Well, that stuff matters, of once course. once a week? Uh, and you have to be cognizant of that, and you definitely have to pay attention to that. But I... Still, I'm actually really glad that my growth happened so rapidly, so quickly, because in many ways, I'm still, and I'm also glad that I struggled for so long, because in many ways, to this day, I'm still that guy. I still remember having 10,000 subscribers and thinking, man, I would love to be famous, because like, like, it's cool to have that many people, and I still don't look at myself as famous. I, you know, I don't really like that word, but uh, I definitely have notoriety now, but it's cool, and yeah, I don't know, uh... I don't look at it as a game. I look at it as, okay, I know what I have to do. I know I have to put myself in the thumbnail with a with a goofy face, with the smile and the teeth. People expect that. They look for that every Saturday morning. Uh, I know that I have to put a 10 in the title. I know that I have to use catchy title like blah, 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 you didn't know or blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah of all time or et cetera. You guys know how that stuff yeah. works. Um, very BuzzFeedy type styles uh, of words. And but I But I don't look at it as what can I do to get the most views? I don't look at it like that. I use a certain standard and that's it because I don't like to, I never look at my analytics. I never look at, there was a while there when I was getting the 25,000 a day where I was looking at my analytics every day and getting excited about, oh my God, a quarter of a hundred thousand people. It's amazing. Um, but I don't do that anymore because you can really get obsessed with that stuff and you can really, like I said, it's almost like a drug. Like you start looking for it and it's like, oh, like I wonder how many I'm going to get today. It's like you're fiending for those subscribers. Yeah. I know this might sound silly to people listening, but until you actually experience it, it's a bizarre thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't do that anymore. I just, 
I'm sort of returning almost to my roots of I'm just a guy that likes making videos. I just want to continue doing that. And I'm just going to make topics that I find interesting. I've never done... I think there have only been one or two occasions where I've done a topic that I really wasn't interested in, but was so highly requested that I had to do it. But every other video is like some, what? Um, uh, I'm not into zombies much. This is actually pre top ten, I think. I'm trying to think now. I, no, it wasn't. It was top ten. It was called Ten Ways to Survive the Zombie Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a zombie guy. I'm really not. I've never gotten into Walking Dead. I think it's a decent show, but I've never really got into that whole genre. So that's an example of one you wouldn't do now. Uh, no, I probably would because again, it was so highly requested that it was just something like, I can't ignore this anymore. Um, but 99% of my videos are things that topics that I would find interesting. Mm -hmm. And that's always how I've done my videos is a topic that I only make videos and put out videos that I would like to see. And I've always run my channel that way. I've never done a video and I've never put anything in a video that I haven't been proud of or have thought to myself, you know, oh, I don't know about that. I've never done that. It's always been, that's cool. I gave my 100% at that. And I think I think my content shows that. Even even as almost amateur as my original videos were, there's still a level of quality there. Mm-hmm. And I, I pride myself on that. And I've, yeah, I've never uploaded a vlog on my main channel. I mean, I, I suppose I have one or two, uh, but nothing, nothing consistent right. like that. Well, I think it's interesting. You're, you're touching on something, which is the balance between leading your audience and being led by your audience, right? Mm -hmm. Having the audience dictate what you're gonna do and then sort of dictating that for your audience, which any YouTuber, one of the the dynamics of YouTube is we are on the the opposite end of the spectrum from say, the Coen brothers. Mm -hmm. You know, when the Coen brothers sit down or Wes Anderson sits down to, to conceptualize a film, my impression is they could care less or they couldn't care less mm-hmm. uh, about what people want, right? It's very much about what they want to create. We don't have that luxury mm-hmm. in one sense. Yeah. We have to think, because the audience is so involved, and the audience is so responsive, and they have, they're have they so vocal. I think it's a beautiful thing about YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds to me, one of the things I hear you saying, because you're, you're, we've talked about this, this, this evolution of your content, which is very much, uh, responding to the audience, mm-hmm. letting the audience kind of determine what you were going to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have a, a strong desire to hold on to, okay, I'm not gonna talk about things that I'm not interested in, you know, maybe 1% of the time. Mm-hmm. But describe that balance of listening and being led by the audience and then leading the audience and coming up with what you're gonna do next. Uh, it's, it's tough. I mean, um, I kind of take the... <laughs> the Apple approach, you know, people don't know what they want. You just have to give them what they want, uh, make them understand what they want or teach them what they want, that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, as pompous as that sounds, but I think people for the most part just- Give them what they don't know they want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like don't don't follow what everybody else is doing, uh, <laughs> is, is as ironic as that is because- there's a lot of people doing list videos. Um, but I think, you know, not to go off on a tangent, but I think that's what separates us from a lot of these other faceless top 10 channels or list channels. Um, and I don't want to name names, but I I know the people behind almost all of them. Um, actually, I'll just say uh, All Time Tens. You guys are probably familiar with mm-hmm. them. Uh, I know the entire team behind All Time Tens. Amazing videos. But what I think my, and great guys, but I think what my advantage over them in any other list channel, except you guys, because you use your faces, is I use my face. 
And people like to be spoken to by a person. And a channel like All Time Tens is fantastic, and I love those guys. But it's just text on a screen with pictures. And there's something to be said for having a personality and speaking to somebody because it's it's like being in school. You know when you were in school and you had that really awesome teacher? Everybody's always had that one teacher that's just you remember forever because mm-hmm. you learned so much and they made learning fun. That's what I aim to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we kind of all do here is, is we – you know, you guys do it on Good Mythical Morning and you guys have a lot of fun while you're doing it and the audience picks up on that and it, it almost takes down the barrier for learning because when you're in school, people, that's why m- many people hate school and they, they look forward to snow days and crap like that because, you know, they know they're going to come in, they're just going to hear a lecture and it's going to be boring. But if the, I had this one teacher that always told a joke at the beginning of class and it just loosened you up, you know what I mean? It yeah. took the wall down. So I think that's what sets us apart. Uh, us apart, and I totally forgot what you asked originally. Now, because I totally went off on a tangent. Well, I just I just asked, why don't you like Danger Dolan? And I think that's what. You're oh God! <laughs> I, you know what's funny? I just recently learned. Is that a serious question? No, I was just. Okay. Thinking, you said you didn't want to mention names. <laughs> no, I. He's that's faceless. Right? Yeah, I just recently learned who that guy was, and uh, the funny thing is, you know how I found out who he was was because uh, I did uh, a video called the t- uh, Ten Inventors that were killed by their own inventions yeah, 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 yeah. and apparently that was like his first video and i was unaware he even existed and it was also the first thing we talked about remember right. the niagara falls yeah yeah and he came uh all so many people see a lot of the people that subscribe to you subscribe to me subscribe to all time 10 subscribe to danger dolan and you know they people claim ripoff all the time i don't know oh, if yeah. you guys get it yeah but i get it all the time and it's like man first and foremost first and foremost everything is a remix you guys know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there are no original ideas anymore. Everything that could have been done has been done by now. And there's actually an awesome uh, documentary, a three-part documentary that's free to watch online called Everything is a Remix. Have you guys seen it? I, have I know about it. it, yeah. You should watch it. It's really, really good. It's fascinating. Anyways, definitely check that out. But um, yeah, I, I got a whole bunch of comments. Uh, oh, man, you know, you've lost your own ideas now. You're ripping this person off. You're ripping all time tens off. And it's like, there are multiple ways to do the same topic. And I, you know, I never and that's when I really it, for a while there, I was searching a topic before I did it. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many topics I threw in the trash because they were already done. And after a while, I realized, you know what, I'm not searching on YouTube anymore because it's probably been done. So I'm just going to do it. And yep. if people claim ripoff, that's cool because I'm still, you know, there's that's just going to be 300 dislikes out of 50,000 likes. I'm okay with that. So uh, there's there's multiple ways to do the same topic and uh, just make it your own. You know what I mean? And yeah. and that's another piece of advice I'd uh, tell anyone listening who wants to make YouTube videos is don't search if something's been done already. Never, ever do that. If you want to do something like, uh, uh, a morning talk show with your best friend and, you know, you want to, you know, uh, have a rooster shooting fire out of its mouth, you know, who knows if that's been done before? <laughs> I don't know. But uh, but do it. You know what I mean? Jump in. Don't research that stuff because, you know, it's probably been done and it'll just stop you from doing it. And when you do it yourself, you're going to do it in your own way and you're going to do it with your own personality and your own style. So just jump into it. Um, don't do the morning thing that's been taken. Uh, yeah, but you know what I'm saying? It's just everything's been done by now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, mm. when you're doing, especially, you know, let's say do five videos a week, it's, we run into that problem, uh, quite a, quite a bit and have to kind of make a decision. It's like, okay, well, can we do, can we do it differently? I'm trying to figure out if I agree with that piece of advice, Matt. I don't, 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Which part? The the searching before you do. Uh, I I agree with the sentiment that if you really have in your heart or mind to create something, you should express yourself. Well, um, and, and here's, a, here's an example. I think the reason that we might be more personally sensitive to this is because our background is in uh, more, you know, like, Original songs yeah. and sketches and that kind of thing. Yeah, we have to Google I'm not, a I topic for a song before we throw every, as much as we're going to put into time and because money you can't, and effort because into you a can't music back video. out of that. If you make "I'm on a boat" and you didn't know there was "I'm on a boat," you can't explain to anyone that it, that's not like a subject in a top ten list. Right. That's a specific comedic angle, right? I mean, f- here's a great example. Uh, I don't know if we've ever told this story, but we. Um, we did a song uh, last year down. called "Yeah, Put the Phone Down." No, it was it, called it, "Get it, Off the it was Phone." Called, now. Get off the phone. Get off the phone. And we wrote the song, and it was called "Put the Phone Down." We had written the song. Uh, it was a branded. It was a branded project. So we had written the song. It had been Ooh. approved by the brand and everything. And then it was like, you know what? Uh, we always check this. I don't know why we did. We didn't check this one, but let's just make sure that this hasn't been done. And we found a video. Uh, what was it? What's the guy's name? DJ. He did the Whole Gosh. Foods rap. I, I I can't remember his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've met him a, a couple times. His, he did the Whole Foods rap, and so it's he, getting real in the Whole Foods parking lot. Yeah. So he he's a comedic musician, and he did a song called "Put the Phone Put down. the Phone Down," and oh. it was a it was a rap, and it was he had not only was it called "Put the Phone Down," which is what we were going to call our song. He had some of the same exact jokes. In fact, he had a coffee shop scene in which he was waiting in line behind someone who was on their phone. We had written a whole verse about in, being in line behind someone who was at a coffee shop <laughs> on a phone. And there was like two or three other things we were like, how does this happen? Uncanny. How do you come up with the exact same title and the exact same jokes? That's well, bizarre. Because that's just the way comedy works, right. observational comedy especially. Right. So we had to revisit the whole song. We had to change the lyrics. We had to change what we called it. Yeah. Because from that standpoint, it was like, okay, well, I, but I feel I, I so I don't I disagree and I agree because it, in one sense we're not going to not talk about the, uh, the top ten whatever it might be just because it's been done because it will have been done mm-hmm. but we just want to check that okay well maybe it wasn't done last week by a competitive YouTube channel mm-hmm. and let's see if we can come up with a slightly slightly different treatment so it, it, you know I, I think there's just but you're right. If you're going to keep yourself from doing something that's been done, well, you're not going to do anything. Yeah, I just meant don't allow it. Don't let it be a hindrance right. to, be, to your creativity. Don't be like, boxed in by for it. For example, for myself, if I Googled, I wonder if anyone's doing top 10 lists. Oh, yeah. I would have never been where I am David now. David Letterman. Oh, there, actually, yeah, good point. The, good point. You know, and it, it's the same thing. Everybody's done top 10. David Letterman started it. That probably in some way influenced all time tens. You know, uh, I didn't know who all time tens was because I've been doing uh, videos for four years, but then people started mentioning them on my channel. And then I started right. talking to them and I, I met the guys behind the team and everything. Um, but yeah, it, it's like, you know, I, would, I wouldn't be where I am if yeah. I started doing if I didn't start doing top 10 lists at all yeah, exactly. you know, consistently. So uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's gotta be a balance, I think. So uh, as you think about uh, where you're going from here, what's next, what does the next year look like? How do you set your path as to, how, how are you gonna innovate? 
Uh, well, I thought this was the pinnacle right here. Isn't Ear Biscuits like, <laughs> am I not done? Isn't this, this is like it? it? Okay, yeah, you can quit now. Oh, perfect. Cool. Uh, but if you decide not to quit now. Uh, if I decide not to, oh, geez, old, jeez, I don't know. Uh, I know you don't like to think about the future, but I'm challenging um, you to think about the future okay. right now. Well, I've been thinking about, uh, starting a new series that I really don't want to mention right now because I looked it up and I don't think it's been done. Uh-oh. Shockingly. <laughs> Uh, so it's in, but it's exactly in line with what I'm doing now and it makes a whole lot of sense. And I, unfortunately I can't talk about it here, but I'll tell you guys after it's pretty okay. cool, but it has and to do with we'll that. We'll tell everybody. Yeah. Feel that's cool. But no big deal. But can we I, guess? And then you guys might end up doing it. <laughs> this, is, this is what we do is at this point, Rhett and I will guess. And, uh, if you guess, of, I'll tell you. One of us will be right. Oh yeah. If you, you guess it. No, we don't want to do that to you. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Shoot oh. a couple out. Oh, I was, I, I was going to say- <laughs> If we guess- It's exactly in line with what I'm doing now. It makes a lot of sense. Okay. I was going to say a Spanish version of what you're no. doing. No. <laughs> okay. All right. Because okay, so you should do that. I no. think it's still it's still going to be list-based, but it's going. It's not going to be facts. It's, it's going to be in 3D. And, no, work with me here because okay. he's, he's opened well, the he's door. He's opened the door and we're good at this. Um, <laughs> I think you're about to guess it. And I'm worried. <laughs> oh, we'll guess it. Oh uh, no! You open the door. <laughs> oh no! no. Hey, Rhett, focus on me right now. Okay. okay. All right. He's what he's he's gonna do is still list based, but it's instead of being about facts, I I would, if I were him, I would go in a direction that maybe is it has it is it vice? No, not advice. You've done some advice in the it's past. It's not tips. It's not tips. No. No, it's in the exact same vein of what I'm doing now. Clips. No. It's more clip No, I think it's going to be examples of something that fit a category, uh, but not facts. So, right? (laughs) I'm just throwing something out there to try to read it. (laughs) It's almost, it's all, I see now, you're just fishing. Just give us one hit. uh, Well, you want people to be excited about this, right? But you also, you don't want to Well, I don't know if I'm going to do it. Oh. Um, And it would... Because I know if I say this, someone will end up taking it, and I don't think it's been done yet. I mean, but you're on record saying you've done it, and then you're going to run back to. I, 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 I'm thinking about. Say, well, this is in line with what you're saying about the future. Um, to go back to that, what I plan on doing is just continuing what I'm doing, but potentially continuing to evolve in any way that I see fit or that I think is necessary for the continuation of my channel, but also to experiment a little bit and start something. You know, I <laughs> I just want to tell you guys now. <laughs> uh, I I really shouldn't. All right, uh, use constraint. Here's you an even better idea. Us. Here's an even better. Start your camera, sit down with a stack of mail, and spend the next hour and a half or more <laughs> making a continuous video of opening and reading mail. Yeah, do that. That's what you. That sounds do. like a terrible, terrible <laughs> idea. <laughs> well, listen, man, this has been fun. I'm going to rescue you from yourself, so you're not okay, going to throw yeah, your amazing yeah. idea out there. Uh, thanks for helping us make this ear biscuits. Great to get to know you. Sign yeah, the man. table. Yeah, yeah I let's will. do that. Is sign that it something once we now. do like on air, like right now? Yeah, sign it once, oh, not sometimes. not ten times. Oh boy. Can I be beside Jenna Marbles? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. This, this is, is as close, close as you're I'm ever going to get. get. <laughs> exactly. And there you have it, our conversation with Matt Santoro. Fascinating. You know, you, I, you can't boil it down to just 10 points in the list, though. You know, you got to... I could try. You had... It, that's what an ear biscuit is. It, Maybe it cannot, I could, how about 50 points? I could boil it down to 50 amazing facts about what we just talked about, but that would that would be uh, difficult to do. Maybe he'll do that. 
uh, Matt, please don't do that. You don't have to do that. <laughs> um, it was fascinating to me for a number of reasons. Uh, I think it's, you know, he's one of the only guys that we've talked to on Ear Biscuits who is in the midst of this amazing upswing. Uh, a lot of people we've talked to have kind of been through a few ups and downs or whatever. And that question of balancing between striking a balance between dictating the con- the content dictating the content and being dictated to by your audience you know being mm-hmm. led by your audience or leading your audience is something that i can't help but be introspective about because we're doing a lot of the same things right we've touched on some of the same subjects and good mythical morning taps into the same mentality a lot of times we do a lot of list videos we do videos that we feel like are tapping into what people want to see right and it's and it's it's so, you know, it's easy to, when something's working, it's easy to keep doing it. I appreciated his honest response that, you know, when things start working, it's uh, it perpetuates itself. Mm-hmm. It's easy to wanna keep doing it. Now, I think that, you know, there there does get to be a point when if you keep doing list videos, you know, maybe he'll get to a point where he has to ask the question, well, how many more of these do I want to keep doing? You know, he's already talking about iterating, kind of branching out into something mm-hmm. different. I think that's smart. I think, and I think he's. I think, I think you he's, have to do that. He's got to do that. He's also right that people are not gonna quit wanting to learn, and I don't think that people are gonna quit wanting to learn having things organized in a list. I mean, this is an old system that's really being implemented onto a new platform. But but you look at someone like Ray William Johnson on Equals Three, which he was heavily influenced by. And Ray just couldn't, you know, I haven't talked to Ray about it. I'd love to get him on Ear Biscuits. Um, but I, I have surmised that Ray just, he couldn't keep doing the show. He couldn't keep doing Equals 3 and setting up the clips and then knocking them down, you know. He had to move on to doing something else, to move into right. acting and things like that. So It even, wasn't the audience that dictated that move. It was. Certainly not. It was him. And so I think it's when we talk to Matt at this point, it's still so fresh that I think when you ask him that question, he's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, this is you know, this is what I'm doing. I'm not going to think too much about the future." I what I guess my theory is is I don't think it's going to be the audience that is going to uh, instigate a change in content. I think it's going to be himself. It, we, we can relate to that, right? You just you 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 evolve. You evolve as a as a creator. Well, and for us. You know, I think our preference is to um, to not commit so fully to one format, say with Good Mythical Morning, that it, we're actually afraid of being pigeonholed. And you know, I think that was behind some of my questions was just um, my own fear of, well, are we not going all in enough with the things that work because we're not willing to be seen as certain people who just make list videos or eat extreme foods. Right. Uh, you, you, you know, uh, you can't sustain that five days a week anyway, but right. um, you know, it taking more of a slow growth model, which things are still working out for us, but he made the comment, you've got to give them what they don't know they want. I think we throw that around a lot too in trying to figure out, you know, how are we gonna Iterate on Good Mythical Morning so it doesn't get stale for the audience or for us. Yeah, and I think you know? the w- words of wisdom from from Matt that are very applicable to anyone who's making YouTube content or aspires to make YouTube content. Don't get into the numbers chasing game. 
even though you may look at what he's done and he's found something that's working and he's getting millions of views, him saying that he's no longer focusing so much on, well, how many subscribers am I getting in a day? And I'm not going in and looking at the analytics because it is something you can really obsess about. And I think it can be, can be really unhealthy. And we've been there. We've been there. And it usually happens in the midst of an incredible uh, success is when you really get into it. And then it kind of wanes a little bit and you start panicking. Yeah, I I also was impressed that he didn't seem to have a chip on his shoulder about being a list video guy. Yeah. He, you know, Maybe he's still in process, but I, I think that he's dealt with that and you know he he owns it and he says, you know what, I'm gonna make these list videos and they're gonna, uh, people want them and I'm gonna give them to them and I'm gonna own that. And even if someone else has already done something, I'm gonna do it in my way. Mm-hmm. And you know, everything is a remix. I, you know, uh, how much is kind of him preaching to himself? How much is him you know, actually believing those things? I don't know, I think there's a good question as I listen back to it. Well, uh, let Matt know how much you appreciated him and his ear biscuit. You can do that on Twitter, at Matthew Santoro. He is the at Matthew Santoro account, uh, unless there's someone who has somehow gotten verified and looks exactly like him. But I'm almost sure that's him. So let him know, hashtag ear biscuits. Uh, let us know how, what you think about this ear biscuit and ear biscuits in general. You can do that uh, by leaving a comment on iTunes, a review, a rating that's very helpful to us. Uh, you can also leave a comment on SoundCloud, and uh, we appreciate you tasting this biscuit with us. We'll bake another one and speak at it next week. <laughs>